I'm Stefan Sittig, and welcome to American Theater Artists Online, where we talk with leading contemporary figures in American theater. Matthew Steffens is an international director and choreographer, Broadway performer, teacher, and film actor. He has danced on Broadway in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown with Patti LuPone and Promises Promises opposite Sean Hayes and Kristen Chenoweth, and in the films The Last Five Years alongside Anna Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan, and Across the Universe, directed by Tony Award winner Julie Taymor. He was associate choreographer for the Broadway musical Dr. Zhivago and resident director for the off-Broadway immersive hit Queen of the Night. He has gone on to direct and choreograph shows with Second Stage, The Public Theater, Playmakers Repertory Company, and Revolución Latina, among others. He also works with various charities and foundations, including Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, and the Visible Inc. program through Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Hi, Matt. Hi, Stefan. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Good. Thank you so much for doing this, and thanks for, for joining us here on American Theater Artists Online. Um, where are you speaking to us from? Uh, I am currently speaking to you from Tampa, Florida. Oh, um, nice. I live in New York. I've lived in New York for the past 15 years, and um, I came down here. The show I was working on got delayed about two weeks because of oh. the situation, and I came down thinking sure. I would be down here for about eight days, and now I'm on day 36, um, oh, wow. staying with my sister and oh. her two toddlers and a five-week-old son and two dogs and husband. So it's it's quite the busy house. So I can't promise that we won't be interrupted by a four-year-old. <laughs> well, that sounds like a fun house, actually. What a nice way to be quarantined if you have to deal with it. But um, and it's, it's a great house. I'm not sure if I've become the Manny or Mrs. Doubtfire, but you know, every day we're doing school and having the letter that tomorrow's letter of the day will be t and I think the number is going to be six. Oh, that's fantastic and big back my sesame street days but uh so that's wonderful and so at least you know you have some company there and you know you're dealing with covid19 as we all are and so you were in new york city and working and uh doing your your work there and then this hit right and so how are you adapting well how, how's everything going uh well I think it's going well. Everything going well with you? Um, okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay, too. It's the same. You know, I haven't had to go anywhere, but I'm still here in D.C., but um, right outside of D.C. I think, I think you know, it's, it's affecting everybody, I think, especially as artists. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge that I feel like I'm presented with now is, like, to keep spreading art, you know, to the community. Mm -hmm. um, and now we just have to do it in different ways. I think as artists, we've always had to adapt to situations. And just like when we're in theaters, you know, where we're like, okay, well, we're only going to have three days of tech. Okay, we do the show in three days of tech. So how do we find ways to, you know, bring art to um, the world? The, um, the show I was, I was working on, The Visitor at The Public. Oh. Um, and, um, you know, it's a great institution. And they were so, uh, they took care of us. They, I was serving as the associate, associate choreographer. Mm -hmm. And they, they took care of the creative team and the cast and, um, continued to pay us through opening, which was this past Thursday, and we had a virtual opening um, where we all got together and kind of shared some things, and oh, yeah. um, it, w it was really nice. Um, mm -hmm. And then there are other things, like I was performing at the Met in La Traviata, um, also at the, when you know everything yeah. kind of shut down, um, and 
you know, the net closed for the rest of the rest of the season. Sure. And so the la- the Tuesday before we stopped having performances, you know, it was just another Tuesday night, and we were supposed to have a show on Friday, and then on Thursday is when you know everything in New York kind of like no more performances. I mean, yeah. the day before the day before that that Thursday when everything shut down, that Wednesday night I went to see West Side Story. Oh. I was with, like, should we go see West Side Story? You know, and like it was kind of like you weren't sure if we should be in the theater. Sure. So I guess you know, like everything just kind of like stopped all of a sudden, and and the hope is that uh, everything comes back um, sure. for the visitor. We have a set that is sitting there; it's ready to go. We were um, two days away from going into tech. Wow! And so this um, is at the public you know, theater at the public downtown. Yeah, this is the public theater downtown, four twenty five mm-hmm. Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great off Broadway nonprofit. Um, they normally have Shakespeare in the park during the summer. Yes. Um, and Do- so we have a set, we have a set sitting there, and hmm. uh, we're hoping that um, you know, come late late summer, fallish is kind of what we're looking at. Can you give us a preview, a little bit of a preview of what the visitor is about? Tell us a little bit about some of the creative team that you're working with on this show, your role, and a little bit about the show itself. Like, what is the show about? I, I'm unfamiliar with it, so I'm really excited to hear more. Yeah, so it's um, it's a great original musical by Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie, who many of you will know from Next to Normal. Mm, yes. Um, and this is my second time working with Tom Kidd. I worked with him on Superhero uh, last year off-Broadway at Second Stage. Wow. And uh, he, he is a wonderful composer, and Brian's a wonderful lyric, lyricist. And it's based on a movie by Tom McCarthy, which if you haven't seen The Visitor, it's a great story. Um, I think it was in either 2000 or 2000, 2007 or 2009. I'm blanking on that right now. I sure. apologize. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but it is a story about a widowed professor um, in Connecticut, who befriends an immigrant couple that is living in uh, his apartment in New York City. Um, And he was unaware that they were living there, and he discovers them. And uh, he and um, Tarek, uh, Walter is the professor's name, and Tarek is uh, the husband of the couple. They befriend each other and become, um, they forge a friendship over playing the drum. And so they play djembes, and Tarek teaches Walter how to play djembe, and he brings him <laughs> to his like drum circle in the park. And, you know, they really, you know, forge a friendship. And so it's about, you know, friendship and community and sure. um, the idea of, going outside of your comfort zone and meeting new people. And um, one day they're in the subway and Tarek gets pulled over by some cops and he gets pulled away into a detention center and it ends up that he is an undocumented immigrant. Oh, okay, I see. And so he kind of goes into the system and Walter tries to save him and it's about that journey um, and about the uncertainties with that. And you know, it's it's, it's interesting because the time when we started to work on this production, I've been with it for about a year now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a it's been in the works for almost seven years. Wow. Um, you know, seven years ago, we were in the middle of the Obama administration and we weren't dealing with the wall or families mm. being separated or people in cages. It's quite a different and, time now. Know, yeah. It's quite a different time now, but it's still just as pertinent. And sure. with, this COVID, with the COVID situation, yeah. it's even more pertinent because so much of the story is about touch and people who, you know, don't aren't able to touch their families and are talking to people through glass walls and reading wow. reading letters through glass walls. And, like, I know we're all mm. in our apartments, but there are people who are in cages every day. You sure. Know, and they just want to get back to their family. So how, how did you approach – so you're working with a choreographer. You're, you're the associate choreographer on this project, right? I'm the associate choreographer. I'm working with Lauren Lataro. Oh, great. Um, yeah. 
Where at first she did Waitress on Broadway, mm-hmm. and she's doing Mrs. Doubtfire. And then the amazing Dan Sullivan mm. um, is the director who has mm-hmm. done a gazillion yes. Broadway shows. I mean, and, and so how are you guys interpreting this choreography? I'm trying to think of how choreography plays a part in this piece. Well, how are you? you... Know, it, it's, been a, it's been a very big challenge to... to we weren't sure. We listened to the music many mm. times, and we were like, what do we do? And we wow. kind of start to like be very gestural about mm-hmm. um, you know just kind of the the world of being a professor and living in that like uh, um, uh, education mm-hmm. system where like some people think that they're connected to the world but they're not really connected to the world. I think there are many professors like you that are really connected to the world, and I I, 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 I hope that. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like you you talk right. and you work with work with working um, sure. directors and choreographers and so like you know yes. what's going on in the world but there are some academics who like sure. aren't in the real world no matter what the what what the industry mm-hmm. is um and so um we started to work with kind of like the way people talk and using that and heightening that mm. and then also the idea of touch and not touching and how that can um really push and pull and we took it from a space where we aren't afraid to go into um you know, the abstract and can go away from realism and then come back to realism. Because when you... you Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because when you said it was about touch, there was something about touch in the the production. I thought that was interesting. And as someone who also does movement and choreography, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I bet you guys are playing a lot with that. You mentioned it. So uh, it's hard to describe versus maybe see, right? Um, But what what do you mean by touch versus not touch? Like, like people touching and then moving away or, or how did you uh, yeah so I think like you know like playing with them like uh, I don't know if um, your students exploit viewpoints do you work with viewpoints in anything? Um, we don't know but I know what, what viewpoints is but but uh, viewpoints is a system where you're working through like Movement. the negative space so like mm-hmm. if I have my arm out you know you might go to touch my, my side but you really go through mm-hmm. pass through the arm and that's where the embrace happens mm-hmm. because you know we, we feel like you can't we don't want to touch too much in the show because the main couple can't touch and they are slowly being separated you know, mm. more and more. So this is definitely... Sorry. We play with a lot of rhythms because there is so much playing. I've never talked about djembe's more in my life. You know, there's so much talk about rhythm and so sure. there's a lot of like um, kind of step and African in it oh, um, that we have started to use coming out in a little um, kind of Middle Eastern... Um, movement that comes out of the djembe and this is in the this is in the music right so you're using the music as inspiration and the instrument the instruments uh, yeah. that are in part of the orchestration and did you have a and, and it's brand new so you know sure. sometimes sometimes we said we said to tom um tom the composer or meg zervolis is the music director we said mm-hmm. to her you know okay we need like two eights of here and we need a goom 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 Oh, that's so, so cool. Sometimes the drummer, we have a drum, we have a drummer um, who's been in the whole rehearsal process with us. We were in rehearsal for four weeks. Um, we've done three other, well, they, I think they've done like 12 other workshops, but I've been part of two other workshops. Sure. Um, but sometimes like we just figure out with the drums what we need. And then there is an orchestrator that has orchestrated this onto many instruments. And unfortunately, like I have not heard those orchestrations because wow. the day of the sits probe is the day that we stopped. Ah, uh, um, so you were, you were in the middle of this process. So, but it's interesting that you talk about how you, you feed off of the music, right? That you hear that being played, you guys both. And then you also feed into the music you guys do by giving suggestions or, or asking for, can we have this transition here? So the final product will very much be a result of 
a true collaboration between choreographers and and, and musicians. A hundred percent. I mean, like I <laughs> feel like I have been very blessed um, as a choreographer to be to work on a lot of new projects and also ones that have a very open collaborative process where you know the best idea in the room wins. And you know, sometimes it comes from an actor, and sometimes from the choreographer, and sometimes sometimes from the music department. Mm-hmm. There was one song we were doing where we like time. Um, we're listening to Walter sing a song where he's in a conference, and he's really bored out of his mind. But they're 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 turning the pages, and we start to make the pages um, part of like the syncopation and the choreography. And so now in the nice. sheet music is written the page turn so like it goes both ways where like we inform the music and the music informs us right. um and, and you know it's it's a wonderful process and you sent me a video which is wonderful and i can i can link in later to the interview um if 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 that's you know available to everyone yeah. uh and there if i'm not mistaken did i see david hyde pierce Yes, uh, <laughs> you would go crazy. No, I, I love David. He's a wonderful person. But yes, I should say that from the top. Uh, David Hyde, David Hyde Pierce, and Ari Stakel are um, the two leads on it. Uh, many of you will know David Hyde Pierce from Frasier. Yes, um, and many other things on, yeah, on stage. Many probably shows Hello Dolly, and he is Curtis. the um, sweetest man. I will tell you that one thing I miss um, mm. in a hiatus is that every morning I would get a hug from him. Oh, you know, we would always. And give each other hugs and kind of in the last week of rehearsal we started doing elbows um but yeah sure. we, the cast and creative team actually have a call every sunday um we call it wine and unwind um, it's <laughs> how we used to end up our process we'd have some wine and just kind of chat and talk and be humans um and we, so now we do it on a zoom call and he is there every week and he's um I think David Hyde Pierce is one of the best in the industry. I've worked with him on benefits, but this is my first time in a creative process with him. And I think that he's, he, uh, something I think is the most interesting thing about him is that he will make a different choice every time. Mm. And they are always so informed because I think he's so in tune mm-hmm. with the emotional, um, where the emotional state of the character. And yeah. I think that's like a lesson for all of us is that like, if you just keep reading that script, he, he talks that he reads his script every week is what he says. Wow. Uh, so that's, and, and it, so you're working on The Visitor. That's that's the one show that you're working on at the public. But you told me that there was another show that you were uh, in pre-production for, or? Yeah, it, it, it was, to be honest, it was supposed to be a pretty busy spring. Um, yeah, me too. There was a public happening and then Traviata happening. And then I was also working on a um, production of, uh, um, I just lost. Was it The Outsiders? Okay. I want to. No, not The Outsiders. There was a oh. show before The Outsiders. Um, oh, you've got so much going on. I can't keep track of it all. There's a lot of different projects. Uh, and then The Outsiders, we were supposed to start in two weeks, um, and I've been working on that for about a year and a half. Wow. Um, and that's a new musical, it, right? As well. It's a new musical um, with music by James Town Revival, um, which is an oh. awesome band. If mm-hmm. you don't know them, look them up on Spotify. So this and, is a pop, a pop score. More pop rock score. Yeah, I would say I would say it's like an Americana is what I okay. think when I think music. You know, it's um yeah, Americana. Mm-hmm. And it's uh based on the nineteen sixty seven book um by Essie Hinton. Um mm-hmm. some of you may know it from the book and some people know it from the movie. Right. Um the movie had you know, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze. Had a you know, huge had, cast. Uh, Tom Cruise. Had, like yeah, Tom Cruise, like everyone was in it. So <laughs> I, I find that uh, um people are very you either know it from the book or you know it from the movie. It's kind of very specific. And uh, Lisa Tommy is directing it. Um, oh. Tony nominated 
new director, and she is absolutely amazing. And uh, Lauren Latar is a choreographer, and I'm serving as associate choreographer on that. Also. And that was going to be at, on Broadway or Goodman to go to Broadway? So we are, yeah, so we're doing a pre-Broadway tryout at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. Great. Um, and right now we... We're, again, like we're supposed to start rehearsal in two weeks, and again, that's kind of looking to move to late summer, fall. Yeah, so that's part of the challenge right now is that for me, I had everything kind of lined up scheduling now, and now in November, and everything was smooth, and they were all, and now it's like I think everything's probably going to fall um, on top of each other. Oh, um, I just remember. It, it, it was Titus Andronicus. That's what I was doing with Revolution and Latina and the Pergonus Theater. Oh, okay. That. So that oh. was also supposed to be in May, June, while I was in rehearsals for Outsiders. So, so wait, what um, were you doing for Titus Andronicus? Was that fights? I, I was Violence? serving as choreographer. Oh, that. choreographer. Yeah, we're, kind of, we're, we're doing a um, devised theater version of it. Oh, okay. Um, we, did, we did The Tempest last year, and mm-hmm. uh, this year we're exploring Titus and... We have a lot of ideas that are out there. We were supposed to go into rehearsals a week and a half mm-hmm. uh, after we kind of took this hiatus. So this is so with this is with Revolución Latina, you said. Yes. So yes. what? It's a partnership with Revolución Latina and the Progones Theater. Oh wow! So that's something that you've been doing now for a few years, just a few years, right? It's just pretty recent, or have you been doing it for a while? That partnership. Uh, well, I've been working with them for almost ten years. Oh, ten years. Um, okay. I met the founder of it, uh, Luis Salgado, mm-hmm. uh, when we did Women on the Verge, um, which we did on Broadway. We, we were both performing it on Broadway. And one day during notes, um, he was to my right and Patty LuPone was to my left. <laughs> I, I remember this day very, very, and he turned to me and he said, I think I have, I have a project this spring I would like you to work with me on. I said, okay. And I started working with him on that project. And that was a choreographer's festival that we did. And then we've done several shows over the past 10 years that they have produced. And I also work with them through their Beyond Workshop series and their summer children's camp to offer uh, free acting, singing, and dance lessons to the community, both Latino um, and any other community. I mean, I, I myself am not Latino, mm-hmm. um, even though when I'm really tan, people think I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> well, because you have dark hair. <laughs> I was going to say your 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 pronunciation of Revolución Latina was quite good. As a as a half Latino, I was I was like impressed. I was very impressed. Good job. Well, it's rubbing off on you, but that's so nice that you get to work across cultures like that, though too. That's important. Yeah, and I think you know it strengthens it strengthens my artistry because mm-hmm. Revolución Latina works with uh, theater. Uh, not students, uh, artists from mm-hmm. all over the world, and we bring them in for our Great. training series. And then there, we have people, usually about half the group from New York and half the group from all over the world. And so, like, it informs my art in much different ways. And choreographically, it brings styles that I would, you know, I could watch on YouTube, but watching them on YouTube is much different than getting them firsthand. I remember mm-hmm. I was trying to learn a Colombian step once mm-hmm. from uh, this wonderful artist, Michael Grivas, and he. Sorry, and he, I, I, I could not get the rhythm because it wasn't something I was used to. But for him, it was like doing a box step. Sure, um, and so it was natural. It comes natural. I'm, I'm the same. See, I grew up in Brazil, so for me, a lot of Brazilian rhythms are really, really easy. Yeah. But, um, but other people, if you if you don't grow up with it, it's very difficult. Um, it's, it doesn't come naturally, but that's so great that you're expanding to those areas. So talk to me a little bit. So you've mentioned a few of these different projects you were working on. And of course now are, 
are postponed, but I think it sounds like they're all pretty amazing and interesting, and I think they're all going to happen. I'm, I'm wishing that for you, and I'm wishing that they happen in a way that you can you can do them all. Um, but um, I'm hoping. Um, now, talk to me then a little bit, because some of these projects you're talking about, like The Visitor and The Outsiders, sounds like you're associate choreographer. And then some of these other projects um, with Revolución Latina and others, you are a choreographer. What is the difference for those that are listening and, and don't know and may want to know more? What is the job of an associate choreographer versus, I think a lot of people think they know what a choreographer does, but what, about, what is an associate choreographer and how is that role different? Okay, so I think a choreographer, you know, when they, are, when they come to the table, they are providing the vision. Mm-hmm. You know, they're providing the vision of what the choreographic movement is in this piece. And when you're serving as an associate choreographer, your job is to support the choreographer in whatever vision of the piece that they have. That means constantly bringing ideas to the table. Uh, it means that you are often, especially in the circles that I um, work in, often the choreographer I'm working for is working on several different projects. You know, sure. Lauren um, Latero, who I've, chore- I've been her associate choreographer for many years, myself and a couple of other people serve as her associate choreographers. You know, right currently she was working on Mrs. Doubtfire and she was in tech with that and doing the visitor at the same time. So she knew me, I saw her, the visitor know me in the mornings from 10 to 12, and then she would go to Mrs. Doubtfire. So my job as the associate was to make sure that whatever information she would put out to execute that. Um, you know, sometimes she'll come in with a vision and that's my job to execute it, to make sure I know what all the steps are for everybody, to know where everyone is going. Um, and you know, I often have a book or I have lots of videos I can watch to you know help execute that sure and and sometimes it means that you have to make choices um, on the fly when the choreographer isn't present I was gonna say that's that's kind of of the big difference between an associate choreographer and assistant choreographer right assistant assistant is usually someone who's gonna teach the steps and keeping the steps in a book or something like that but the associate has to is is has to every once in a while make some creative decisions when the choreographer is not there and is given that trust to do that yeah, and and the more yeah, you know, whether you're you know a doctor or a lawyer or a choreographer or a director, no matter what it is, the longer you work with someone, um, the more you start to trust them. And I know that mm-hmm. as a choreographer myself, I have two wonderful associates that I use, and I trust them creatively. I was going to say, how so, does that inform? That must inform your your being an associate to someone else, and then having your own associates when you're choreographing your pieces and your projects. That must inform, right? I mean, that really must give you some insight into how you want, like, if you know what it's like to, you know. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, Lauren served as an associate choreographer to Stephen Hogg and a couple other people. Mm -hmm. So she also knows that. So I think that has informed the way that I know. As a choreographer, you cannot solve everything. Mm-hmm. And often when I am hired as a choreographer, I'm hired as a director choreographer. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing both things. And so I think my associates get even more empowerment because for me, uh, especially when I'm choreographing, you know, whether the step is left, right, left, or right, left, right, it usually doesn't matter much to me. So I like the, yeah. you know, the associate can decide that. And they know that if, if it really makes a big difference to me, I'll see it. I want to change it. Sure. And that's how I feel about when I work as an associate. Like, I am going to do what I think is what I would want to do with my vision and what I think will make them happy. It's I'm not always right. And I always say that to any cast that I serve as associate choreographer. I'm like, 
and, and Lauren and I have a great relationship. So I, I will say that I say, say to them from the very beginning, I may say that it is A, B, C, D, and she'll come in and say, no, it's D, C, B, A. <laughs> and, and, say, and that'll be the first note. And I'm like, okay, great. It's D, C, B, A. Like, it's not. Right. You, know, you roll with it. it yeah, because in the end, uh, I never, I'm like, oh, that was my idea or that was her idea. The because best idea team. wins. Right. Yeah, because like, we want, we're a team and we want to mm. do what's good for the piece. And that's what's most important in the end. Mm. And sometimes what's good for the piece is not dancing in the moment. Uh-huh. Um, and that's hard sometimes as a choreographer because, mm. you know, you want to make sure that you're needed and that your work is up there on the stage. But sometimes the best idea is to not have chore- choreographed moments. And, mm. you know, when we were building the Outsiders, with the, the labs that we have done of that, you know, for that show, it's finding, like, what's the balance between the fighting and the dancing? Mm. You know, because these are, like, people that live on the streets in 1967 in Oklahoma. It's turf wars between the Soches and the Greasers. And so, like, it can't all of a sudden be, like, dancing. Right, but but I I find that comes with maturity, right? Because a lot of people, like, when you've done a lot, I remember when I first started choreographing shows, I wanted to put as much choreography as I could into everything. And then right. as I've gone on, I've, I, my shows have less and less choreography the more I, because I feel like there's only one needed. You know, if there needs to be a big dance, then there's a big dance, right? But um, I feel like a lot of times you have to have real, I have to really push my, there has to be a reason for them to break into dance, right? And to me. And I think that's what you're talking about. That's the directorial eye, right? That you're, you're getting information on as well. And I mean, there's a huge line of, of you know this this role of associate choreographer is really historic in musical theater right it's not just something we're doing now it's been done it may not have been called that but it's been done forever i can think of people that came up right in the business that we now think yeah, of as I mean, choreographers who were associate choreographers right 100 you know, like bob fossey was jerome one of jerome robbins associate choreographers mm-hmm. you know like they it wasn't again like it wasn't called that at the time yeah. i think Associate choreographer is something that has become very probably much used in the past decade, mm-hmm. maybe even twenty years. That term has been used. You know, the actual title um, is new, newish. Yeah, title and like, on Broadway, like it is a title that often leads to the resident choreographer. Those are normally often the same person when right. a show opens, right. because that person knows the vision of the piece. And then I'm thinking um, of someone like Graciela Danielle, who used to dance for Michael Bennett and for Bob Fosse both, and then became her own director choreographer, right? Um, and many others. I did, I did yeah. a panel with her on oh. uh, this past fall at Broadway Con. She's great. She, she is the most wonderful human in the world. Everything that came out of her mouth was gold. And she comes from my mother's part of the world, so I'm, I'm very, um, yeah. you know, partial to her work. I like her very much. But so I just think of great people that started as associate choreographers, what we now call associate choreographers is basically what they were doing, who then went on to become director choreographers in their own right. And it sounds like that's where you are. You're in that, you're there. I mean, you're, you're at that transition point, perhaps, or, or doing more and more of your own directing and choreography it's what it seems like to me as I, I look over your your resume but you also yeah. enjoy associate choreography i think you i think you like both right it's both informing well, I, I find that um i need to have at least one project of my own a year sure and lauren and other choreographers i work for uh, i think that they respect that because they know that like i need to have it in in the late summer i'm supposed to be doing spring awakening um mm. down in charlotte i'm like that's kind of my project that I'm able to dream about on my own as opposed to executing someone else's vision mm-hmm. because sometimes it's very hard. It's a, it's a push pull. Mm-hmm. Um, I even like with the visitor as I would have conversations with Dan, 
uh, Dan Sullivan, the director. Sure. I often had to have Lauren in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, what would she say in this moment? And, you know, so mm-hmm. I, it, there's that push-pull. So I do enjoy, uh, I, I feel like the, my work, especially as a associate choreographer, those are, so I, I would never be able to be talking to Dan Sullivan um, at this point in my career on my own. And sure. to have that opportunity as an associate choreographer and like representing Lauren at that moment, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful opportunity that I am blessed to have. You know, I, I love working with the public. Um, when I did Dr. Shivago, you know, I was working with Kelly Devine then, and like mm-hmm. that gave me the opportunity to work with Des Mackinac, who he directed Jersey Boys yes. and Ain't Proud. Mm-hmm. And like, we, I would throw ideas out all the time to him, and like, that's not an opportunity I would have had on my own. Right. So I think as a student, it's, you know, like, you have to throw yourself into a situation and present ideas and be, you know, a member of that team. But you also have to always know who the boss is, and that's you know whoever you're working for. Sure, and never, and you're getting that experience though in the room, right? So that's what's yeah. so valuable. And then that's something that at some point, because of opportunity, because of something that you've done in the room that they like, and you know, at some point, Lauren may not be available to do something and may pass something on to you and say, "Hey, would you want to do this?" Um, you know, I'm busy doing X, Y, Z, or one of the directors or one of the creatives that you've worked with. Um, remembers you and, and and that's how opportunity it's almost like an internship if we, it's better than an internship <laughs> but but it's like it's like a internship on steroids right well it's better than an internship because you kind of get paid right exactly that's <laughs> that's the steroids part <laughs> but also you're in the room you are you are respected that, that, that as being said, yeah. that being said though I did a lot of free, especially like Lauren and I have worked together for I think almost seven years and I did a lot of free stuff for her you know? sure and I encourage people to do that I whenever I talk to young artists especially like Go do the free stuff. Get in the room for do pre-production. Like you yeah. never know who you're going to meet in pre-production. Sure. Um, I love working with new artists for pre-production because if they can bring ideas and respond to them quickly, it's like that's the people you want in your cast. The people that like, are um, malleable mm-hmm. and not are like, well, that's not the idea that I had. So you just um, mentioned young artists. So talk a little bit about you as a young artist. So why choreography and, and where did you first decide? Okay, I want to do this. And then how did you go about, obviously, what you're doing now, which is achieving it, going, going for it? How did you make that transition? And how, you know, if you could briefly tell us sort of how, for those listening, you know, how does that even, how do you even start that process? Well, I think uh, how you start the process is you just throw out ideas. That's really the, that's really the short answer. You got to throw out ideas. Because, and, that, and especially nowadays, it's so easy because you have TikTok. <laughs> you have YouTube, you have whatever it is, you know, like sure. throwing out ideas. But kind of my, I think I have a, um, a little abnormal path. Um, I went to University of Virginia, go who's. Yes, um, one we were there together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, my senior year, I didn't feel like I had the confidence to move to D.C. or New York to pursue acting. Mm. Um, I got turned away after VTA. I, di- I didn't get passed on to SETC. And I was like, well, if I can't make it out of the state, mm. how am I going to make a living of this? So then I almost went to go work for Philip Morris, and I was like, I can't sell my soul to selling cigarettes. And I almost became a military contractor. Uh, And then I moved to D.C. without a job, um, and I ended up working for an advertising firm I was supposed to work for for six weeks, and ended up working for them for six and a half years. And I worked in production, um, making TV and radio commercials for corporations and politicians. Oh, wow. Um, And it it was a wonderful job. Um, but I knew in the end it wasn't what I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I, 
when I left, I'm a late bloomer. Like I'm one of those people that didn't start dancing. I think my first dance class that I ever took was dance for theater from Colin Kelly, who you uh, <laughs> I interviewed a few weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was my first dance class. <laughs> so like I'm one of those people I look at. You know, I I wish every day that I had started dance classes when I was four. But that's and just wake up on my left. I guess it's less now. But when you and I were coming up and we're not, I'm, I'm older than you are, but not that much. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when we were starting, I think it was less um, men dancing or this was less of a, a profession. I mean, a lot of men had done it, but uh, as a young boy in Virginia, you probably didn't have a lot of opportunities. Had you been a young girl, you may have had ballet or tap or jazz or all those things at a lot younger age. So don't beat yourself up too much. But you started in college, seriously. You started studying and, yeah. and applying yourself at the college level. Right. I played sports my whole life, and my father was a Navy SEAL, so we moved around all the time. So sports was my thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, that idea of teamwork comes right into the theater. And um, I started training in dance when I moved to D.C. and was doing advertising. I would do advertising during the day, go to dance class at night, and then start dancing with a couple companies. Had some great mentors, um, Vanessa Williamson, who took me up under her wing. Mm -hmm. uh, then when I was about 28, I was like, if I... I had a good audition for Fame. No, not Fame. Footloose. Mm -hmm. When it was in town, Kennedy Center doing its out-of-town tryout. Which sure. I later learned was a publicity ploy and not a real audition. <gasps> oh, no. Um, and when I was like, I did okay. And I was like, well, what if I apply myself? And, hmm. you know, could I make a living of this? And so I saved my money for the next six months. I gave an exit strategy to the firm I worked for and moved to New York. Um, and immersed myself, you know, and yeah. I would take, I would take dance class, like a lot. I probably mm -hmm. was taking somewhere between like 10 and 15 classes a week, I would say. Wow. Um, wow. you know, and, and like, because I knew that you were catching up. Yeah. I had some pretty good skills, but I had to play catch up. Yeah. And, and you know, I used to take with Andy Blankenbuehler and David mm. Marquez. <laughs> Andy B was just Andy B. Like you went to his Tuesday, Thursday class and it was crowded because people love Andy B. Yeah. Like, he wasn't like. Hamilton's right. sure. Yeah, he was still um, dancing in Fosse. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And I saw him in Fosse, so I remember him. Yeah, he would not do the combination full out because he had to go do a show that night. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know that um, he was one of my mentors. Who you know, one of the best notes I ever got from him was he was saying to everybody one day in class, like, "You need to go a hundred percent. I need a hundred and ten percent." And I was like, I was, I thought I was killing it. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me and he said, "Matt, you need to do seventy percent. Wow. When you do one hundred and ten percent, it's all over the place. So you <laughs> need to just chill out." And so mm -hmm. for me, like that was like one note from him that I have always held close to me. And I think Andy is such a great guy, and mm -hmm. we have collaborated over the years um and so you know then i gave myself a goal of i wanted to be on a national tour in three to five years mm -hmm. and i'm brought in seven to ten and um i achieved those goals congratulations and then i started working oh thank you um <laughs> you know i promises promises i made my broadway debut in it, and it was a wonderful family uh it was sean hayes and christian chenoweth and on my broadway debut um you got to dance turkey lurkey time on your broadway debut uh, yes, exactly. In the ensemble. And for the bow, for the bow, Sean dragged me up for his bow with him and Kristen and made me bow with them. Oh. Uh, and it was like, it, remi it reminded me that the Broadway family is still alive. Absolutely. Uh, so, 
I think I try to, you know, as I, as I go into any show that I work on, whether it's on Broadway, off-Broadway, or regional, try to, that sense of family is important to me because, mm-hmm. like, we're a community, and we have to be there for each other, whether we're in crazy times, like right now, mm-hmm. or in times where we're booming, and the theater is, you know, great, and we're making great shows, you know, we, I think we have to be there for each other. Absolutely. I guess the last thing is that I started working with choreographers and doing pre-production for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm someone who can multitask very well. And so people started asking me to be their associates. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for Mark Stewart for a long time, who did bandstand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I learned a lot partnering. And then I didn't move to New York ever thinking that I would be a choreographer or director. I was going to say, so where did the where did the choreography flame come in? Because I think a lot of young people very early on, they, they, we approach everything, young people approach everything from a, I want to be on Broadway, I want to be a performer. So that I always hear and see. But how did that was, did you have thoughts when you were in college about being a choreographer? Or did that develop as you saw things happening in New York? Did you say, oh, this is something I want to do? Well, I think I was always good at like, making choices. I remember <laughs> we did a, um, a dance concert with Melissa Dawn Bryant. Mm-hmm. At the time, now Melissa Charles, she owns DMR Adventures, and like I was able to make choices at, as a dancer, you know, which I think led toward my choreographic development. But like, no, I never had like, I never, I wasn't a dancer in college. Sure. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I was a dancer, but I didn't have any training, so I never thought that I would be a choreographer. But I remember I would always watch things, and I enjoyed the musical numbers of things and that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's like what led to me pursuing choreography and and that kind of led to I enjoyed the vision of it and that has led to me directing things because I enjoy having the full vision of what I want to do with the project you know last summer I was doing Joseph at um Axelrod Axelrod Performing Arts Center in Jersey Mm -hmm. and like we really like cut it up and messed with the music and like really kind of took a different spin on it Mm -hmm. um and so I, I like kind of looking at things from through a contemporary eye Right. And so you're, you like to tell stories and you like to use movement, you know, but also the other tools that are part of directing. So not just yes. dance. Yeah. But I guess dance was how you, because if you were on Broadway, when you were on Broadway, you were primarily dancing, right? Playing parts, but dancing mostly in the ensemble as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think anybody on Broadway nowadays has to dance Do. and be able to sing. Um, I right. can't tell you how many people I see and love who are amazing dancers and then they get in there and they sing and you're like, oh, right. and your heart just breaks. You've got to do um, both. So yeah. like, and, and especially now, like you also, also have to be able to act because, mm-hmm. and in every show I was in, I covered um, either a principal or a supporting role. Which is great um, experience. And yeah. Right, and went on for them in sure. those shows that I was in on Broadway. So, you know, everybody's covering something because that's kind of how the economy is. And I think after this, it's going to be even more important. So, like, sure. if that means, you know, doing sides with, you know, your friends, you know, whatever it takes to continue to hone that craft, that you can't just take dance class anymore. Mm. Like, you really have to train, train, train. You know, I was um, in a salon the other night with Sergio Trujillo, Trujillo and yeah. he said, somebody is always going to want something more than you do. And I agree with that. Mm. I think that you have to work, work, work because... There is someone who's always going to want it more than you. Mm-hmm. If you if you work your hardest, then I think that you know your dreams can come true. And I think you have to do also what makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, like if that if doing that community theater show 
makes you feel good, do the community theater show. Like Broadway is not the end all be all for me. Right. Um, it, it is a wonderful opportunity and it is a community I feel blessed to be part of, but that is not the end all be all of being an artist in life. Being an artist in life, I think is sharing it with your community and bringing your vision of whatever part you have in a show. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've been the third guy on the right, you know, who like my part of the show might be, you know, step touching third guy from the right. And you have to do the best of that. So, mm-hmm. so no, no, it's totally great. I think it's wonderful. It's a great, great way to approach it, anything in life, but especially the arts, because that's what it's about. Yeah. But what about, talk to me a little bit. You mentioned just very quickly in passing, your, um, your, your father was in the military and you said, did you say you were raised in very many different places or were you mostly in Virginia? Uh, we always moved back and forth to Virginia. Okay. Before I went to, I went to college, I lived in 13 houses. Okay. That's what I want to talk to you about that right there. The, the okay. amount of flexibility, um, the yeah. amount of a resilience adaptability that that takes as a, as a young yeah. person. To go through to you know I grew up overseas but you know I had I was in the same city for twelve years but for you moving around and constantly having to pick up and go and being able to be adaptable I mean don't you think do you think that that had something to do with your your openness to sure I'll do that sure I'll learn sides sure I'll do uh, this scene sure I'll direct sure I'll choreograph sure I'll, you know whatever you want me to yeah. throw, throw at me I'll do. Um, I've, I've never thought about it in that way, so thank you for my realization for the day. Uh, I've never thought about it in the way, but yeah, I mean, growing up, it was very normal for me. Like, it, it was very normal that my father was a Navy SEAL because everyone I knew, their father was a Navy SEAL. And it was normal that we moved, you know, my sister and I were talking yesterday that we moved four times over two and a half year spans when we lived in California for various reasons, all wow. were good. But you know, so it's like, it was normal as a child. I agree with you that it made me it made me be flexible and i you i think you raise an excellent point that you have to be flexible in theater because especially when you're working on new work um because songs disappear characters disappear the show i was working on last year oh i just got shivers thinking about it uh we had a, a cast member nate who had this wonderful part and it slowly got cut down and cut down and by the time that the show got into through previews this part had almost completely gone away and he was, you know, singing offstage vocals. Wow. Um, Yeah. You you have to be flexible. Yeah. And know that, you know, like live the highs and when you're in the lows, know that there are going to be other highs. Right. That it's not going to be forever. And in a way, that upbringing that you had prepared you perfectly for the life of an actor and an artist and a director and a choreographer because that's the way theater is, right? You never know where your next gig is coming from and you don't know how long your gig that you're working on is going to last, so be in the moment, right? The being in the moment that we always talk about. So you, in a way, were trained to do that whether you realized it or not. Yeah, and I I do know that, yes, 100%. And I do know that when I I say goodbye to Cass, um, Mm. my military upbringing comes in because I'm like, okay, bye. You're used, you're ready, yeah. I got saying goodbye, and, and that doesn't mean I don't still love those people, and they're not still part of, of my soul. But you know, it's like on to the next thing, and you know, I hope we meet again, right. you know, both in life and in the creative space. But they call them third culture kids. There's this whole book about if you ever get a chance to read it called Third Culture Kids. Even if you were raised yeah. in the U.S. in different cities, even just moving across, where you don't really ever have a, you know, you're of you're from somewhere, but you're raised somewhere else, and you're constantly being moved. Um, a lot of military children 
uh, experience that army brats and what we call. So where did you live for 12 years, but overseas <laughs> in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Brazil. So we moved to Brazil when I was six years old and, uh, we came, when we came back, I was 18. So, um, pretty formative. Your parents residents? Um, no, my, my father isn't American. He's from Westminster, Maryland, and my mother is from Montevideo, Uruguay. And my dad got a job as a college counselor at the American School in Rio. So that's, we went over there. And my mom um, really was excited about the idea of living very close to her family because Rio and Montevideo are, you know, two and a half hour, three hour plane ride away. Yeah. So she was excited about that aspect. And so... The economy wasn't great in the U.S. in the late 70s, so they both went for it. And talk about taking a risk, right? And I was yeah. lucky. I got to go to the American school, and then I went from Rio to Charlottesville, and that's where, you know, you you and I crossed paths there in Charlottesville. But, but I mean, do you, now, you just recently went back to Charlottesville. Did you not talk about UVA and, 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 and the drama department? Yeah, I went, so um, a fellow uh, Wahoo of ours, mm-hmm. Um, Jenny Wales is now running Heritage Theater Company there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was in college, it was my dream to work at Heritage Theater, and never ever. It never happened for you. I got to do West Side Story there with Bob directing in 1999, which was a blast. I had after I had gone to DC, I came back because it was so much fun. Five weeks in Charlottesville in the summer is the best thing ever. So talk about your experience. What did you? Yeah, so uh, I did a chorus line there two years ago, Great. and Jenny was. Nice enough, or um, nice enough might not be the right word. But <laughs> nice enough, I'll say, you know, allow me to do my own movement with it. Great. Um, and so, because I felt like doing it with the original, don't get me wrong, Michael Bennett's choreography is the most amazing and perfect for it. But like, I felt sure. like it wasn't my production then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she gave me the onus to take that on, and it was wonderful working there. It's a great, they have such great resources, and I think. Jenny has a wonderful vision for that theater and where it's going to go in the next five to ten years. Yes, um, I know that. You know that last year, they, this, their programming is just wonderful, and I think challenges audiences in different ways. And I think that's part of our job as artists is to challenge audiences. And you know, we cast from throughout the state, so I encourage you know your George Mason students to go um, audition for them because I know that Heritage loves pulling from all over the state. Yes, uh, and. They're, they're on a hiatus, you know, for the summer because, you know, all UVA summer programs have been mm-hmm. um, on hold, but they'll be back yes. uh, in 2021, and I hope to be back there soon. And, you know, I was going to uh, say, I was hoping that you and Jenny, because when I knew Jenny was 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 brought on board there, I was hoping, and when I saw that you guys did a chorus line together, I was hoping that that would be, I know it's already a partnership of many years that you guys have working together in many different ways and also a friendship. So I was hoping that we would see more of you in Virginia, um, back in Virginia, I should say, uh, uh, back in our area. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to get, you know, I love I love Virginia as a state, and I love, I love working all over the state, um, and uh, I'm trying to get back there as much as I can. Good. And scheduling is often is often the obstacle. Of course. Uh, in, in many situations, and it's going to hopefully keep going that way. So. <laughs> well, we will get you. We will get you back here, um, Matt. I'm sure, and and try to get you back here as much as we can because um, I think Virginia students uh, learn a lot, and, and Virginia audiences and and professionals working in Northern Virginia as well as in Central Virginia and the rest of Virginia. Are, are are learning a lot from from having you guys do that there at Heritage uh, 
in the summer in Charlottesville. Um, now, tell me more um, about what you're doing right now. So talk to me about how you've moved some things online. I know you're still, you're teaching, are you not online? Yeah, so I'm still, I'm still teaching. Um, and I would say the best way to see where I'm teaching is to go on my Instagram, as disgusting as that may sound, but it's kind of like where the, where the world is now. I normally post on there when I'm teaching. So like, uh, my Instagram is Stephens Matthew, S-T-E-F-F-E-N-S-M-A-T-T-H-E-W. Um, and on there, I often post like what upcoming classes I have um, throughout the week. And then I'm also working with Revolucion Latina. Mm. And their handle is R-E-V-L-A-T-I-N-A, Rev Latina. Um, okay. Through their Beyond Workshop series. And that their series is a two-week um, series where we offer all types of classes for free normally wow. in New York. Um, and now we're doing that online and we have extended it another three weeks. I was going to ask, are these classes, if I'm, if anyone or one of my students, or if I'm interested in taking one of your classes online, what do I do? I just go to your Instagram page and find out when the next one is and sign up. Yeah. If you go, and, and if you want to shoot me a message, if like, I, mm -hmm. I think I need to post tonight, actually that I'm teaching Thursday at three. Wow. Um, but like, I would say go on there, um, because it's sometimes changed this past week I was teaching with Met Opera Ballet. They have some great free classes, but you know, I think as artists, we're all trying to give back a little bit right now. Um, I think I'll be teaching on Broadway Dance Center's Broadway Dance Center's website um, as well in the mm -hmm. coming months. But it's I great. would say, yeah, go on um, Instagram is kind of the best. And place. and Rev Latina, you're doing stuff with Revolution Latina as well at Rev Latina on Insta. And we have right, and we have two classes with um, Revolution Latina. We have two classes every day. Um, it's so it's all types of training. So, you know, if you, if you have time away from your school classes, because I know there's a lot of classes right now online for schools. Yes. Um, I encourage you to take them, you know, and the, the wonderful thing about being able to teach on Zoom. So with, with Revolution Latina, we teach on Zoom as well as Instagram Live. Um, and so we, we can send, you register and you get the Zoom link. Is that the other day I was teaching for, I think, around uh, somewhere between 60 and 70 students from all over the world. Wow, I was going to say. It's a wonderful coming together of art, um, you know, dancing with people in Colombia, in Brazil, That's great. in Guatemala, in Mexico, in, in Europe, you know, it's like, so it's just wonderful. Your reach is much yeah. more, it's much wider. It's a much wider reach than 10 people in a 100%. room, right? Yeah. And, and I think that, that maybe, maybe moving forward after, you know, we all get back to whatever the new normal is, maybe this will be something that more places will offer once a week, even if it's for pay, but to allow people, you know, we're exposing so many more people to what we do now by, by doing it online and glo it's global. And so I think your audiences will actually increase. That's my, that's my prediction. And that's my hope. <laughs> that you'll have yeah, and that's my hope as well yeah that, you know as we come together in community that it becomes a more global community and that we can continue to share the dance or the singing or whatever it is yeah and well you're actually you know right on the forefront of that matt and you are at you're doing that right now with with your work with broadway dance center and and revolucion latina and all the other places that you're you're putting your stamp on so matt thank you so much i think this has been a wonderful um um you know, hour or so for people to listen and learn more about what it is that you do and 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 how you've been doing what you're doing. So please keep keep going and and, and keep us keep us posted on what you're working on. This sounds really exciting, and I wish you the best of luck in your in all these projects. And I'm my wish for you is that all these things line up in the way they need to line up, so you can do them all. Well, 
Well, thank you so much for having me here at uh, America Theater Artists Online, American Theater Artists Online. That's us. Um, it's wonderful. You know, your, I think your podcasts are great. They get so much information out there, and I'll keep listening to them. And, you know, I always say whatever is supposed to happen will happen. And, you know, that means that the projects I'm supposed to work on will happen. And, you know, I feel blessed to be here with you tonight if our paths hadn't crossed many, many years ago. I don't think right. we're here, and I'm glad that you're still, you know, informing our young artists um, of what they can do and, you know, what is out there. So yes. thank well, you so much. Thank you. And have a great evening, Matt. Thank you so much. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye.